Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains. But he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. How many people have heard this story before about the pigs and all of this? How many? Anyone? Yeah, a number of us, most of us have heard it. 
every time I read this story, it bothers me a bit. And so I like to ask questions, why does it bother me? Well, here's this demonized man in front of Jesus. It's the first incidence we have, the first recorded incident of Jesus actually dialoguing with a demon or a group of demons in this case. Every other time, he seems to just cast them out, and they leave. Sometimes they shriek, sometimes they throw the man down, uh, but they leave. This is the first time we see some resistance. So I ask the question, why? Why is this the first time we see some resistance? Is there anything about the atmosphere in this place that might make the demons really comfortable here? Is it possible that the atmosphere in our culture, in our home, the music you listen to, the things you watch on television, the people who you are around make these demons comfortable and they are very resistant, reluctant to leave? I think it's very possible. I think that's one of the morals of this story. God himself, in fact, he says that you, you're the son of the Most High. The Son of God has come here, and they're, they're bargaining with him. How does that happen? How? What? You're seeing something in the demonic realm now, and you're probably seeing what strengthens the demonic realm. When you have evil in your culture and in your home, and I'm telling you, the music that you play, the movies that you see, the things that go on under your roof, the books that you read, the things that your children read, the things, the books that your wife is reading, the things she's watching on television, that is affecting the environment and making the demons either more or less comfortable to be around you. I never really liked the fact that Jesus is bargaining with these Demons. I don't know how comfortable everyone else is with this little, uh, can we go over here? Can don't, don't do this. I, I don't like it. I never have liked it. And so I was curious, why, what is going on here? It says he commanded them to leave, and they say, don't send us over here. Don't send us out of the area. Don't send us out of the country. So they're bargaining with him, and then they say, they plead with him, send us over to the pigs. Can we go into the pigs? In my first reading of this, the way I've always seen it is, well, you know, Jesus, trying to be nice, said, okay, uh, you know, all right, sends them into the pigs, and then what do you know? They all rush down the bank into the sea, and they drown themselves. And he's absolutely shocked, hoodwinked. He's been tricked. I did you a favor. I sent you into the pigs. I am so surprised now that you have, you didn't keep your word. We have to think about what he's thinking and what he's not thinking. If it were me, I would probably say, look, okay, go, go ahead, go over there. And then I'd be shocked that they went, into the lake. And then what happens? The 
townspeople come out, the people who own the pigs, are they happy about this? By the way, how much is a, how much is a pig worth? It said $1,500. Yeah, we don't know what they were worth in those days. Let's, let's just, let, but today, a full-grown pig may get $1,500. Uh, let, let's just say that, let's just say they're worth $100 each. 2,000 pigs, $200,000 has just been wiped out of the economy of this region. Is there a reason these people are upset? Oh, they are hopping mad. The owners are going to come out. Of course, they're going to try to get him out of there. So now he's stuck with a, a mission that really is sort of a flop. I can see Peter saying, yeah, that didn't go very well. <laughs> Seriously, that, uh, boss, that didn't go well. <laughs> the townspeople come out, sort of embarrassing, not what I would have done. Townspeople come out, say, plead with him, would you please leave before you know, we lose more of our economy? He gets into the boat. And now he's got to get across the lake. And so he's basically feeling like a failure. I would be. Now let's look at it from, from Jesus' point of view. Let's look at it a little bit differently. This is the wisest man who's ever lived. He was tempted by the devil himself for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. He was there, tempted by the devil pass the test. Is he thinking that these demons are really on the up and up? He's, they're, they're really going to be honest with him? Is, is he fooled by these demons? Absolutely not. He knows demons better than anyone. He created them. Demons are created beings. He created them. He's not tricked by them. He's not thinking, okay, go over it, and, but you be nice. You can go to the pigs, but I want you to be nice. Yeah. He's not... Like, I didn't expect that from you demons. Well, of course he expected it from demons. They're demons. They're bent on destruction. Is this news to Jesus? No. They're absolutely bent on destruction. He knows whatever they do, whatever they go, they're going to destroy. The other thing I thought, well, maybe he was just overwhelmed because they were pleading with him. And you know how a legion of demons could be, oh, please, please, please send us, oh, please, 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 please. They're all, you know, 2,000 demons or a legion, however many they were, are all pleading with him. He just got overwhelmed. Said, okay, go into the pigs. Go into the pigs. They just overwhelmed him. No, no. Jesus, he's 30 years old, but this is the son of God. He created the demons. He knows evil just as he knows good. And so, if he did this, he did this for a reason. He did it because it was what needed to be done. It was what needed to be done. I don't say he enjoyed doing it. I don't think he enjoys when the, when the demonic realm destroys things. I don't think he enjoyed it at all. I think it was very, very hard for him. Did Jesus do anything that his father wasn't doing. It's a verse in John. 
I do only what I see my father doing. There's another verse. I say only what I hear my father saying. I used to think when when they finally got back to the other side, maybe a camera crew would have met them and out, right out of the boat, they would have said, well, you know, hey, Peter, you went to the other side. How, how did things go over there? He had thought, not well, <laughs> not well. <laughs> you know, Jesus, you can't control him. <laughs> but he made a big splash, <laughs> big, big splash, very big splash. Yeah, they, they, they won't forget us very soon on that side of the lake. This is a very dramatic story. 2,000 pigs. The loss of life here is astounding. Just because a pig is an unclean animal doesn't mean Jesus doesn't like pigs. I mean, I always assume he did it because, ah, it's you know, one of those Jewish jokes. He doesn't like pigs, so the pigs can die. Does that sound like Jesus who created pigs. Do you know that even on Noah's Ark, they took clean animals and unclean animals. They didn't say, no, we only want the clean animals. He created unclean animals. I don't know why. I don't have all the reasons for it. But Noah on his Ark took unclean animals and clean animals. Jesus created them. When there's loss of life, I believe it makes him sad. I believe it makes him sad. I think he had a good reason. And I want to explore that just a bit. I want you to think right now of what possible reason Jesus might have done this. What possible good can come out of something that is this disruptive? I mean, he got kicked out of town. He got kicked out. And for, for one guy. And what was that one guy worth to these townspeople? Nothing. Actually, they would have paid for him to get rid of him. He's worth less than nothing. They would have paid to have someone put him in shackles and take him to the other side of the lake. This guy was worth less than a pig. 2,000 pigs were destroyed for this guy. That is a spiritual economy they absolutely do not understand. And they certainly don't like it. Jesus is saying something very powerful about the worth of of one person. He's saying something powerful about what they worship in this area of the country. I believe that the father set this up. It, I mean, they were there and gone probably within, how, how long do you think it took? One hour? Two hours they're back on the boat. I mean, how, how long? They almost died getting there. How long did it take them? This guy runs at them, sends the demons into the pigs, pigs go into the water, people go to get the townspeople, and now we're just waiting for them to get here and kick them out. They were there all of what? Two hours? 
does anyone think that a waste of time? I mean, does anyone think that that might have been a, in our economy, not only was this man a waste of time, the whole mission was a waste of time. The thing that we have to remember is that Jesus is a genius. I believe the reason he was sleeping in the boat is because he knew that he had to face this legion of demons. It was going to be an ugly scene. And he was going to see 2,000 creatures that he created who he doesn't believe are worth as much as a human life, but it is still life. And he is going to see life destroyed and it's going to hurt him significantly. And he had to be prayed up before he showed up over there. The thing that the disciples are probably never going to forget, and the scene that most of us probably have never even imagined, is when they get into the boat, they get kicked out, they're getting into the boat, they've got to get back across the lake. Is the wind blowing? Why? Because Jesus, he calmed the storm. So the, so the wind's not blowing, or maybe it has started again lightly. We don't know. But let's just say it's not blowing. How are they going to get back? They're going to have to paddle, or they're going to have to row. There are 2,000 dead pigs surrounding their boat. How is that going to go? They're going to paddle, hitting pigs with every paddle stroke. They're going to be pushing off pigs just to get out. These are Jewish boys. These are unclean pigs surrounding their boat. Are they ever going to forget this image? This is grotesque. This is something out of a horror movie. 2,000 dead pigs. The Bay of Pigs. It is absolutely packed with pigs. Dead, floating carcasses. They have got to go through bacon to get off the beach. They are... What does that look like? There's no recorded conversation on the way back. Do you understand why? You're the disciple. What are you thinking? What just happened there? I mean, you're the, you're, you've are you got to push off pigs just to get this boat out. No recorded conversation. Nobody has the guts to say, what was that? They all have images of pigs, dead pigs in their mind. I think Jesus is very, very quiet. That was not fun for him. It was not fun for him. He's grieving. He's grieving because not only was he rejected, they didn't appreciate what he did. I think he understands that. I think he gets that. Is Jesus ever going to come back to the Gadarene area, this area called the Decapolis? In fact, he is. Actually, just a few months later, it seems. Hmm, could this have been a little setup by the Father? And when he comes back, we're in Mark chapter, end of Mark chapter 7 and the beginning of Mark chapter 8. 
He's in the region of Tyre and Sidon. And it says he goes to the region of the Decapolis, which is all the way over here. By the way, it says that this ex-demoniac went proclaiming through the Decapolis what Jesus had done for him. What we read about in Mark chapter 8 is Jesus feeds how many? 4,000 people, and it says there in the first two verses that they had been with him for three days. Instead of having to go through here, the Decapolis, street preaching, he came over. The father set up something in two hours. This man went preaching. And guess what? Everyone wants to see Jesus now. Now, why would that be? This is, a, this is fast. It fascinated me. Why did the pigs have to die for the people to want to see Jesus? What if, say, 10 pigs would have died? Would that, would that have done the trick? Probably the townspeople wouldn't have come out and said, well, who owned, who owned those pigs? Oh, they weren't mine. No problem. No, they weren't my pigs. No, no. So let's, let's just assume this scenario. Jesus came, demoniac came, Jesus said, I command you to get out, I don't want you to go into the pigs. No, out of him now. Legion of demons leaves this man, he is sitting in his right mind, he is closed. They, I don't know where they got the clothes, maybe the disciples, the disciples maybe gave him clothes, I'm not sure who closed him, but he got closed in his right mind. Good. Jesus goes back across the lake. Here's the conversation. A few days later, two ladies meet in the market. Hey, did you hear what happened? Wow, that that demon possessed this demon possessed guy. He, this rabbi, came over from across the lake. Would you know? He healed the guy. He's in his right mind. And he, he's walking around town. And the other person or the other lady would probably say something. You're kidding. You know, I knew that guy was full of demons. I knew he was full of demons. I wouldn't go near him. I wouldn't, I'm not going near him. You never know when those things are coming back. I mean, the guy could flip at any time. I mean, good to know. I mean, you know, thank you to the rabbi, but I'm not going near that guy. Second scenario. Hey, did you hear what happened yesterday at the lake? No, what happened? <laughs> you know that lunatic down there? This rabbi came across the lake. He sent the demons that were in that guy. They went into 2,000 pigs. They all rushed down the bank into the water, and they died. Our whole coastline is lined with pigs. Are you kidding me? You, that happened? Yeah, yeah. And would you know? How much money was that? 200,000, maybe a million bucks. I don't know. Who's, ooh, were they mad? Ooh, they were hopping mad. You should have seen them. Well, where's the guy? You know, he's running around telling his story. Oh, I'd like to hear it. I'd like to hear that story. That, that, wow. Why? Because that guy is now worth $200,000. 
his freedom now for a culture that worships money. This man is worth 2,000 pigs, whatever they were worth. 200,000, 2 million, I don't know what they were worth, but that guy is worth that, and I'm going to go hear him speak. And when Jesus shows up a few weeks or a few months later, he's got 4,000 people saying, whatever you got, I want. And I hope that some of the pig owners, when they got over their initial pain, because loss stings. And you know it, and I know it. When you have lost financially, you've lost a relationship, something you, you worshipped, you wanted it to work out. Does anyone, anyone know what I'm saying? You wanted that thing to work out. In fact, you sold your soul for it. You wanted that to work out. You want, ooh, you worship that. A little more of that is all you needed. And it just drowned in the lake. Your dream is gone. Makes you angry. But hope to God, and I pray to God, it wakes you up. And when you get over your anger, you say, what power was that? What power was that? This man would break chains and shackles. There is a spiritual power that bows the knee to whoever that was that showed up on the bank. I want what he's got. I want to follow him. Yes, I lost 2,000 pigs or whatever my stake was in that big herd. I lost a huge chunk of money. But that man has life. And I want what he's got. So let's stop right now. And I want you to think about the losses in your life. The big ones the relationship losses, the financial loss, what you had. You had a job. You had good money coming in. You had a respectable position. And something or someone influenced by this kingdom of evil that is very, very seductive and powerful and promises you all kinds of things. Big money, big power. I want you to think about your losses and I want you to ask yourself how God has used them. And I want you to actually thank God for using those losses to bring you to Jesus. And if your losses have not brought you to Jesus, this would be a really good time to say, wow, I want to follow someone with that kind of power. Not just who's got the money until the money runs out. Not who's uh, making big boasts or brags. I want the one who can send a legion of demons anywhere he wants to send them and make something good come out of it. Let's take a few moments now and thank the Lord and maybe some confession, maybe just realizing how brilliant he is in setting up such a brilliant scenario in two hours he wrecks the economy, the local economy of this region, and he gets everyone's attention. He makes a big splash. They will never forget. In fact, I don't know how long it took them to clear the pigs from that, that beach. Probably weeks 
they are not forgetting him for a long, long time, and he's not afraid to make a splash in your life and to do some damage to the things that you worship and that you hold in high regard in order for you to follow him fully. Let's pray. Pray over you. Gracious God, I thank you for everyone here. I thank you for the, the lengths that you went. There was a tremendous loss of animal life to bring about, to draw the attention to you and to what you value. Lord, do we want to come in line with your plan and your will, no matter what it costs us financially, what it costs us relationally in the world system. We want to be able to see in the spiritual realm and value what is spiritual. And I pray blessing on their relationships and especially their relationship with you. Let us value what you value. Let us not be embarrassed or ashamed when you do things not the way we would do them. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.